Welcome to today's audio podcast from the Church at Bushland. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of the Church at Bushland and would like to enjoy more resources and weekly updates, we hope you will visit our website at thechurchatbushland.com or download our app for both iOS and Android devices by searching for The Church at Bushland. We'd love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at thechurchatbushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting thechurchatbushland.com slash give. I'm excited because I'm going to jump into a kind of my fall series um, today. It's called The Gift. was planning on doing this series last year. And most of you know that our lives kind of got interrupted last year, so at this time. So I postponed it to this year, but I'm very excited um, to jump into this fall series, simply entitled The Gift. What we're going to do is we're going to look at the Holy Spirit um, just through the eyes of Scripture is all we're going to do. We're just going to open the Word and jump in and look at the Holy Spirit. It is a... um, It's a very interesting topic today in the life of the church. It's all over the place. It's all over the place uh, for people. And um, I just feel like as your senior pastor, it is time for us as a church to kind of look at the Holy Spirit in depth through Scripture and see what God wants to teach us about the Holy Spirit. Um, I want to tell you that this is just packed full of Scripture. So if you have it on your phone or you have it on uh, an old Bible or in your, uh, on your laptop or whatever, you need to get that out uh, and get your finger extremely wet because we're going to wear out the Bible. We're just going to wear it out today. So I want to start um, the whole look. The title today is, Who is He? Who is He? And so we're going to pick up John chapter 14 uh, 14, 15, and 16 are our chapters. In this 14, 15, 16 chapters, it's a conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples. Many theologians believe in about the last 12 hours of Jesus' life. 12, 15, you're, you can split the hairs, but it's irrelevant. Somewhere between 12 and 15 hours of Jesus' life, he's having this conversation with his disciples. So in, in chapter 14, the conversation is taking place in the upper room. Now, this is not the upper room of Pentecost. This is the upper room, Last Supper, all that fun stuff. He's having a conversation with his disciples. He's uh, talking to them about what's about to happen, all this stuff. At the end of 14... In verse 31, he says, arise, let us go from here. All right, from there, he takes his disciples, walks into John 15. He's walking in the Mount of Olives, okay? Theologians believe he stops when he comes in by an olive bush. And you remember John 15, he says, you are the vine. I mean, you are the branches, I am the vine. And then he goes on to begin to teach 15. 15's rich. You remember that? He talks about 15. You, won't, you, you can't do anything without me. I'm your life source. All that fun stuff. And so as he gets done with 15 and transitions into John 16, 16 is the introduction of the Holy Spirit. 
It's what he begins to teach his disciples. He simply says, I'm going away. Don't be troubled. I'm going to send somebody else. That's what he says. He just spent his time with them. He knows he's coming to an end. He says, hey, here's the deal. I'm going away, but don't freak out. Okay? You're good. Okay? You're not going, but you're good. I'm going to send somebody who's going to take care of you. I'm going to tell you that's a good word. That's a good word. So go to John 14. John 14, look at 16 and 17 first. And I've told you there's a lot of scripture, so just hang on. All right. John 14, 16, and I will pray the Father. You're like, that is some bad English. I mean, English teachers, we got, is that muffed up sentence or what? I pray the Father. I'm like, what? That don't make no sense. That prayer there translated ask. Read it like that, it makes more sense. And I ask the Father. I ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. You're going to see helper five times in the Bible. You're going to see it four times a day, okay? Helper, another word for Holy Spirit, okay? This is New King James, by the way. If you have NIV, it's counselor. If you have the old-timey King James Bible, it's comforter, all right? Not the one on your bed, all right? I will send you a helper that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. That's just, y'all like, that's enough for me. That's good right there. Let's go. Let's go get a ribeye. All right, we got more, it gets better, all right? So, so here's what I want you to pick up on. The Bible never, ever, ever, ever refers to the Holy Spirit as an it. Never, never, never. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. I, here's, here's why it's important. If you're going to have a personal relationship, you're going to have a personal relationship with an it, or are you going to have a personal relationship with a person? That's important. You say, well, that's just a little bitty minor thing. Oh, no, 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 that's not a minor thing. You ever got real close to an it? Go lunch with it? Some of you are like, yeah, I ate with an it this week. Don't, don't give any names. You can't get close to it. You got to get close to a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. John 14, 25, 26, look at that. John 14, 25, 26, just keep going down a little bit. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, 26, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring your remembrance all things that I said to you. John 15, 26. But when the helper, that's third time, comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. 
John 16, 7, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. If, you do not, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. I mean, can you imagine standing there and he says, nevertheless, I'll tell you the truth. It's to your advantage I go away. That's like, what I'm about to tell you makes no sense, but you got to trust me. That's what he's saying. I'm, go- I'm out of here. Beam me up, Scotty. I'm not going to be here doing all this dog and pony show for you anymore. You'll do greater. John 16, 12, and 13. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truths. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. This settles something. Jesus said, he will speak. The Holy Spirit does speak. I mean, there's a bunch of people out there that say, all this stuff about God said and Jesus speaks and the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. He spoke here. I believe he spoke here and he ain't speaking no more. I'm so sorry for you. I I really am. I feel very sorry for you because here's the deal. The Holy Spirit is active and living today. And Jesus said, I will speak. The Holy Spirit will speak. The Holy Spirit is still speaking today. He's speaking right now. He was speaking in worship. He's speaking. And it's not my opinion. It's just the Bible says, Jesus says in his word, I will speak. The Holy Spirit will speak. That's good news. That's really good news. Jesus said, that the Holy Spirit will come alongside of us. That's beautiful. See, we get to do life here, and all of a sudden, Jesus said, hey, I'm going to send somebody, the helper, the comforter, the counselor. He's going to come alongside you, and he's going to do life with you. I don't know about you, but I welcome that. <laughs> That's a good thing. That's a good thing. How many of y'all... I don't want the guys to raise their hands, but wedding gifts. Guys, you excited about wedding gifts? Girls are excited about wedding gifts. What, what's interesting about wedding gifts, you, 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 you register at all these different places and get all this stuff, and you, and you get it to the house, and you celebrate, you write your thank you cards, and it's just a gorgeous time. And then you put the stuff in your house, but there's an interesting thing that happens. About five, six, 10, 15, 20 years of marriage go by and you come up to your sweet wife and you say, honey, um, you see that room right there? Mm-hmm. Got a lot of wedding gifts in there. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know you love me and everything, but I ain't eating off one of those plates. I never used one of them forks. I never drank from any of those cups. I hadn't used any of that stuff. And she looks at you because we're a man. 
And we need to be looked at when we ask questions like that. <laughs> and she said, sweetheart, that is not for use. That is for looks. And here's what I think and I don't say. Why in the fat did we get it? Why do we, why do we have it? Why do I have this? I can't use this. Guys never buy anything they don't use. I'm not even going to ask for something I'm not going to use. I've never in my life asked for a birthday present or Christmas present that I planned on never using. Sweetie, if you buy me a four-door Jeep, I'll park it forever. That just don't make no sense. You get me a brand new shotgun, I clean that sucker up. I'll never shoot it, but I'll clean it. Don't make any sense whatsoever. Makes no sense whatsoever. So who is he? Who is he? We have gifts from weddings that are for looks, but not for use. Can I just tell you that, unfortunately, I think that's many of us with the Holy Spirit. We, we have the Holy Spirit, but it's not for use in our lives. It's for looks. And I wonder if God's not like, why'd I give it to you? Why'd I give it to you? So I want to show you three things that the Holy Spirit is. Number one, he is my helper. He is my helper. See, Jesus, the Holy Spirit helps me know what to say. When Ruby Tequila's was really Ruby Tequila's, <laughs> I ate there then. It was good. I used to go there with some of my staff when I was at a different church. Got to be friends with a waitress. And what we did simply was this. Before we prayed for our meal, we invited her to join us. And I would always ask her, what can we pray for you about? What can we pray for you about? At first, it started off kind of surface. And as the years gone by, and as we continued to develop a relationship, she trusted us more. We could pray a little different for her. Melissa remembers who I'm talking about. Used to hold her baby when she came to church. And one time, I went all by myself because I got stood up by my staff people. So I went. <laughs> they said they had appointments. So, uh, so I went, and I was eating, and she came by, and I said, hey, sit down. I'm all, she said, by yourself? I said, I am. She says, where are your friends? I said, I don't know. So I said, sit down. So I'm about to pray. How's life? What, what can I pray for? How's your baby? And so she was having a tough time, single mom, doing her best. That was one of her three jobs. <laughs> and so, um, so I prayed for her. And in the prayer, I just prayed a passage of Scripture over her. And I got done praying. I opened my eyes, and she's looking right at me like a fish got a hook in him. And I was like, are you okay? She goes, how'd you do that? I said, wait, I don't know what you're talking about. How'd I pray? He just like, Father. No, I have a devotional book in my car. It's called Jesus Calling. And I read a scripture this morning when I got out of my vehicle. 
and you just prayed it. <laughs> I'm like, well, you know, I'm just that good. <laughs> no, seriously, I didn't say that, okay? I'm like, the Holy Spirit is the only thing that can do that. I am not that good. I can't do that. I can't do that. There's no way I can do that. That girl read that scripture, was having a real tough time. I just happened to get stood up, sit in the booth. She sits with me. She shares. I pray, and I say what she read Jesus calling. That is not, I can't do that. I can't do that. That's the Holy Spirit. He'll tell you what to say. He'll tell you what to say. This is probably more important. Tell you what not to say. Ah, <laughs> uh, you ever said this? I shouldn't say this. <laughs> but, and you say it, and then what do you say? I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. You ever gone home? Long day, spouse has a long day, and you're about to say something, and the Holy Spirit says, I wouldn't go there if I was you. I don't think I'd go there. You have a chance right there to obey the Holy Spirit, I'll go on your own, brother. But it's not his job to reel you back in. <laughs> you're on your own out there. The Holy Spirit is my helper. Help me what to say. Tell me what not to say. Listen, some of the best things I've ever said, I didn't say. It's the truth, man. You see, we've misunderstood the Holy Spirit quite a bit, honestly. I want to share four scriptures, and I'm going to show you kind of how we misconfuse this. We just kind of misunderstand the Holy Spirit. John chapter 16, John 16, verse 8. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So he's going to convict the world. The Holy Spirit is going to convict the world of three areas, sin, righteousness, and judgment. Okay? And then the next three verses, he's going to take each one of those and tell you why or because. So 9, John 69, he says, of sin, because they do not believe in me. In 10, of righteousness, because I go to the Father and you see me no more. In 11, of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, when you read that and you hear convict the world, all of a sudden we think, ooh, he's a bad hombre. You see, convict is just another word for convince. See, here, here, here's what I want you to understand. He's going to convict of sin because until you're convicted of sin, you won't know you need a Savior. Not everybody's saved in church. Some people are. Sometimes you're saved in a restaurant or wherever. I mean, you don't have to be saved in church. You don't have to die in a funeral home. Convenient, but... It's not necessary, amen? It's not necessary. does help save a little money, but it's not necessary, all right? But, but sin, you've got to understand that the Holy Spirit's job is convict of sin because if you're never convicted of sin, you won't know you need a Savior. 
1 Corinthians 12, 3 says, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Of righteousness, we need to be convicted of righteousness. We need the Holy Spirit to convict us of righteousness. Why? Why? Because we need to understand, we need to live in right standing with God. Here's In judgment, we need to know that we will be judged, that he's judged the the ruler of the world, and one day we'll be judged. Listen to me. Look at John 12, 31. Hear this. This is how we know the judge. Now, he is judgment. Now, Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be cast out. Jesus then cast out the ruler of the world. Look at John 14, 30. I will no longer talk much to, with you, for the ruler of the world is coming, and he has nothing in me. He has nothing in me. Let, let me show you how we misunderstand the Holy Spirit. If you just took this little section right here, and this is what it sounds like today in a lot of churches. You're a sinner. You're not living right, and God's going to get you. Oh, man, I can't wait to get to church. And I can't wait for the Holy Spirit to come say my name. I mean, that's just miserable right there. You're a sinner. And you're not even living right. And God's going to get you. That's not what that means. That's not what that text says. Let me share with you what that text says. Correct understanding of this text. It convicts you that you need a Savior right? Convicts you to get saved, born again. Once you're born again, the righteousness is that you have right, you're in right standing with God, meaning you are now a friend of God's, a child of God's, a daughter of God's, an heir of God's. That what he did on the cross for you sealed the deal. You're untouchable. You're in right standing with God. He's not after you because you're not living right. Now, you can come to Jesus all nasty and dirty. That's okay. He's a fisher of men. He'll, he'll clean you up. He'll clean you up. It's not man's job to clean you up. Need of a Savior. You're in right standing with God. And here's the greatest thing about the judge of the world. All right? Satan has no authority over you. He has no dominion over you. He cannot mess with you. He says, that's a king's kid. You can't touch me. Oh, you're trying to mess up my life, but you have no dominion over me. I, am a, I was a sinner. I am, now, I am now saved, born again, child of the king. I now am right standing with God. I'm a friend of God's. And the enemy, you have no authority over me. My only authority over me is Jesus, the Holy Spirit. That's the only authority, man. That's the correct way of that scripture right here. We read it almost like God's going to get us, and it's messed up. It messes people up. So he is my helper. Number two, he is my friend. He is my friend, and he is not weird. <laughs> he is my friend, and he is not weird. Let me say something to you. This is number one area Satan's got a God. I mean, he's got such a great hold on this. 
I have, like you, seen a lot of people with or acting out of what they call the Holy Spirit that acts very weird. Okay? I mean like weird. All right? Weird. All right? They scare me. All right? I want you to know something. I need, I need you to understand something. Those people, they would be weird without the Holy Spirit. <laughs> now you're free. Okay? You need to understand that. If you can get your head around that, you'll be fine. It is not the Holy Spirit that is making them weird. They are weird. I'm just telling you. Let it go. Don't put that. The Holy Spirit's not on trial. You got to let the Holy Spirit cut him loose. Cut him loose. That's not on him. Right, that's not on him. See, in the church, they define the Holy Spirit. No, 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 no. This book defines the Holy Spirit. Not some weird freak doing whatever they do. They would do that without the Holy Spirit. They do do that without the Holy Spirit. You say, they got to be on drugs. Some of them aren't. <laughs> That's what's scary. Some of them just flat out aren't. All right? Listen, the Holy Spirit is my friend. He's not weird. He's just not weird. But I grew up in a good old traditional Baptist church that taught me that the Holy Spirit is just weird. And I went off to a private Baptist university called East Texas Baptist University in Marshall, Texas on a baseball scholarship with that in my mind. So I'm sitting in the cafeteria. This is about 30 years ago. That is hard to say. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I might need a walker for saying that. Oh, my gosh. So I'm sitting in the cafeteria, and at that time, there are two basic denominations of what you would call the Holy Spirit churches. So my buddies are helping me with this. And I'm very interested in the Holy Spirit because I'm starting to see things that aren't weird about the Holy Spirit that's drawing me to it. Because the Holy Spirit's not weird. But he says, well, these, this is the Holy Spirit right here. See them girls over there? You see them girls over there? They're a Holy Spirit church. I'm like, ugh. So you got two, two groups. One group, they don't wear no makeup. No makeup. No makeup. Got a group over here? They wear way too much makeup. <laughs> I'm like, you could spell your name with a toothpick on her cheek. So... Lot of makeup, no makeup. Now, I'm not throwing these, I'm not saying anything about them. This is how the Holy Spirit can twist stuff. I mean, this is how the enemy twists the Holy Spirit. I'm twisted here in my thinking, and I see this, and I'm thinking, wow, I either, I go, I go Holy Spirit with this girl, and I go Holy Spirit with this girl, mm. either way I go, I'm going to get an ugly wife. <laughs> so I'm like, man. That's how bad you can get twisted. The enemy of twisted Holy Spirit stuff mess you up, man. It'll mess you up. And so I'm telling you, the enemy twists things of the Holy Spirit and mess you up. And then you got to unpack all that stuff. Who made us afraid of the Holy Spirit? That's a really good question to ask in church. Satan did. Let me tell you why Satan did. Here's why. Wanted to be God. 
Didn't get to be God, did he? Wanted to take Jesus out, didn't he? Oops, didn't, didn't get him. He was so excited for about three hours. He's dead. God, I got him. Man, I got him. I got him. Uh-oh. What the heck? Is an earthquake? What the? Oh, Lord, what is going on? Oh, dude, he's, oh, he rose. I'm, I'm toast. I'm toast. I'm toast. So he couldn't be God. He couldn't get Jesus out of it. He got one shot. Messed up the Holy Spirit and crippled the church. Twist them. Get them all whacked out thinking. Scare them to death. Put some weirdos out there, not on drugs, that are on the Holy Spirit. You got them. They'll run from that like a naked kid at a picnic. They won't, they won't, sorry, they won't, they won't want any of that, man. They won't want any of that. That's Satan's last shot to get to church, and that is to mess up people with the Holy Spirit. That's his, that's his shot. Listen, the first church, mm, woo, they saw thousands saved and thousands come to the church. They saw miracles and healing. They saw all kinds of stuff. And the, you know what they said about those, the people of the first church? They turned the world upside down. They just turned it upside down. Now, if the church started doing that today, oh, Lord help, that'd be awesome. Here come the church. Oh, don't let them come to our town. Oh, my gosh, they're going to turn this place upside down. Come on then, let's just start up a church, turn the world upside down. That's what he did. Here's what I want you to understand if you get nothing else today. You can be normal and believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. Do I look normal? I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. My wife looks very normal, very pretty too. She believes in the power of the Holy Spirit. You can be normal and believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. The enemy has uh, put the emphasis on one gift and just messed up a bunch of people. You see, I think there's benefits of the Holy Spirit. Let me say them real fast. The benefits of the Holy Spirit, there's power. Power. Mainly power to witness. If you really want to check Scripture. That's what that power is for more than anything. Power to love. 1 Corinthians. Love, 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 love. But on either side, of first, uh, uh, either side of 1 Corinthians 13 is 12 and 14. They talk about gifts. So, so you got love as, as a benefit. You got fruit. Fruit of the Spirit is benefit. Amen? And also gifts, but all gifts. Okay? All gifts. So, he, so here's what happens. Though. Paul said, look, you, you, can have, you can have all the gifts, but if you don't have love... Forget your gift. They didn't say it quite like that. But that's what he meant. <laughs> Thank you. That's what he meant. So love's still the best. At right, last, number three. So he's my, he is, um, he's my friend, but he's not weird. Okay? He's my helper, remember? But he is my God. He is my God. I want to show you how we've been taught negatively about this. I want to read this. I just want to say this. I'll let you say it and see how you do. If I were to say, the Father is my God. That's okay, isn't it? If I say, Jesus is my God. Not bad. If I say, the Holy Spirit is my God. 
Some people can't say that. It's hard for them to say that. But the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is my God. You see, my name is Jeff Ponder. I am Melissa Ponder's husband. I am Brett and Allie Ponder's dad. I am Donnie and Cinda Ponder's son. If you really wanted to make four out of me, you could say I'm Brian and Jana Ponder's brother. I don't change. I'm the same dude. See, the Father is God. Jesus is God. The Holy Spirit's God. It's the Trinity. The triunion. It's what it's all about, man. It's us. You got to love them all. You can't love two of the three. You can't have the Father as God and Jesus as God and the Holy Spirit as it. That ain't, no, 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 no. Let me show you some scripture where you see them all together. Okay? In the first several scriptures here, you're going to see one, you're going to kind of see two, but I'm going to show you a last one, one of the last ones I'm going to read. All three are in the same location at the same time. That's pretty cool. Okay? So John 14, 6, John 14, 6, and I will pray the Father. We, we had read it earlier. So you got the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. So you see, you see the Father, and you see the Holy Spirit. Now go to John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. You see him again, helper, you see the Father, all that. So look at John 15, 26. John 15, 26. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send, send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father will testify of me. You see them all, you see them again. All right. Now look. Luke 3, 22. You'll see all three at the same time. Same verse. All right? This is when John baptizes Jesus. Watch this. Luke 3, 22. And the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, You are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. You see all three there. Okay, see all three there. Acts 5.3. Look at Acts 5.3. But Peter said to Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Mm. To lie to the Holy Spirit. That just sounds bad, doesn't it? Watch this. The next verse under it. Acts 5.4. You have not lied to men but to God. Wow. Pretty much settles that the Holy Spirit is God, right? You've lied to the Holy Spirit. Oh, but let me, let me share something with you. You haven't lied to men. You've lied to God. You've lied to God. God is the Holy Spirit. So I graduate from high school, and I go off to East Texas Baptist University. Guy that's very close to my life and is still today. He has fingerprints all over me. He says, I have a piece of advice for you. I said, cool, I like advice. He says, when you go off to college, you got to be careful. Watch out for those people. 
talk about the Holy Spirit. That's great advice. I'm thinking to myself, do you want me to go to class? Do you want me to study? When we make good grades and we throw good fastballs, work on my slider. I want you to be careful and watch out for people that talk about the Holy Spirit. Now, this is nothing against him. It's just how we're not taught well about the Holy Spirit. What, what my friend was saying to me was, watch out for people who talk about God. That's just twisted. That's just muffed up, messed up. I don't care how you want to look at that. He's telling an 18-year-old kid going off to college to a Baptist university to watch out for people that talk about God. Fortunately, the sovereignty of God helped clean a lot of stuff up in those five years of college. First year, I was scared to death of anything. Stayed in my room. <laughs> Wouldn't go to anything. Got a roommate named Billy Foote, and the rest was history. I want you to go back to what we talked about earlier. Let's just say you've got these wedding gifts in your house. But there's one particular gift that you left in a box. Because the box is gorgeous. Trust me, there's some boxes today that gifts come in that I don't want to open them. I just like to save them. All right? This box is beautifully wrapped. Gorgeous bow. Has a tag on it. And it's sitting on the shelf. Been there for a long, long, long time. Let's just pretend the doorbell rings. And someone comes over. And you thought, oh gosh, I didn't think they would ever come by. And they come over. And they say, hey, let's you want to sit and visit? Sure. So he purposely comes in to that room and sits down. And y'all start visiting. And he says, you have some nice stuff in here. Yes, they're wedding gifts. Wedding gifts. We don't use them. We just look at them. And we dust them every once in a while. Not as often as I used to, you know. They're pretty. I notice, uh, notice you have a box on the shelf. I, I do. What's in it? Um, it's a gift. I, the box kind of gave that away. It's a gift from my Heavenly Father. You don't you don't like you don't like my gift? All of a sudden you're like row. You don't you don't you don't you don't like my gift? Is it a bad gift? Oh, no, 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 no. It's a, it's, it's a great gift. You, you, don't, you don't like my gift. I gave you a gift. I said I was going away. I wanted to give you a gift. I, gave, I sent you a gift. See, to my child from your Heavenly Father. 
Are you embarrassed of my gift? Does my gift embarrass you? I gave you the greatest gift that I could ever give you, child. And you're just looking at it. I didn't give it to you to look at. I gave it to you to take off that box and use it. Will you please enjoy my gift? It's just for you. And he gets up like a gentleman and he walks out the door. And you're left in the room looking at the box with a choice. Today, you have a gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit. He's your helper. Mm. Yes, he is. He's your friend. And he is your God. He is your God. I'm going to ask you to bow your head. Close your eyes. I'm going to invite the worship team and the altar ministry team to come. Your head bowed, your eyes closed. Where are you today? How's your gift? What you doing with your gift? How prominent is the gift in your life? I'm going to simply ask you one simple question, and I'm going to pray real quick, and we're going to invitation time. I want you to ask yourself, what did the Holy Spirit say to me today? Simple as that. What did the Holy Spirit say? We, we agreed in Scripture, right? We read it out of the Bible. He said, He will speak. We did read that, right? In the Bible. We definitely want to be people of the book. So because of that, we know He spoke. He's speaking now. What is He saying to you right now? It's your choice. Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray that you have spoken to your children and you have called them. And I pray as, our, as we stand for invitation, if we need to move and be obedient to the Spirit of God, we will. We do not want to miss the gift. We don't want to take the greatest gift ever given, put it on a shelf just to look at. It is not put on a shelf to look at. It's put on the, it's given to us to be used. Forgive us if we've not done that. And give us the power to do it. Father, move us now for your glory. And your glory only in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, 
find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland, and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland. 